Part 9. It is Friday morning, 9.59, and I stand silently at David Bukowski's doorway. His door is open, unlike Boar's, and he is intently typing at his computer. I consider knocking, but decide instead to wait for him to notice me. He is still typing at 10.02, so I rustle my papers and clear my throat. He looks up from his screen and seems confused at first. Then his face transforms into a smarmy smile. Harold, my man, come in. He gestures at the brown leather chair in front of his desk and I sit. The chair is soft and comfortable, not like the plastic chairs in the accounting office. So tell me, Harold, how was the big house? Are the movies true? Was anyone shanked? I shift in my chair and laugh awkwardly. I'm not used to talking to David Bukowski. And did you enjoy the scotch? Did I get that right, or are you more of a bourbon man? Uh, oh, it's good. Thanks. The scotch is still on my desk. I'll have to remember to bring it home. So how can I help you? Well, uh, I am catching up on the bank wrecks, and I saw that Serena had some questions about your expenses. What's a bank wreck? So sorry, uh, a bank reconciliation. What were her questions? My heart beats faster, and I hand him the page of the September bank statement that says, No, David. I expect him to be angry, but instead he just laughs. <laughs> what a bitch. Yes, those are my ATM withdrawals. He hands me back the bank statement. Oh, uh, okay. What were they for? Those are participant incentives. We're doing a study which measures the effectiveness of needle exchange programs in preventing hepatitis C. We pay participants $20 for every survey they complete. Our participants are low-income substance abusers. Some are in shelters. So I like to pay them in cash instead of making them go through the hassle of cashing a check. Uh, okay, did you tell that to Serena? Yes. She asked me this every month, and I responded, every single month. I feel myself turning red. And um, did the participants sign that they received the cash? Of course, and I gave her that too. Her issue was the debit card. She didn't want me to withdraw cash directly. She wanted me to run everything through the petty cash instead so there was an official record. Petty being the operative word. Serena was technically right about this, but I don't say this to David. Instead, I say, Can you resend the signatures from the participants for September? I can use this for backup. Sure thing. And if you have any signatures for October through December, can you send those too? That way I won't have to ask you again. You're a good man, Harold. Is that it? Uh, no, actually, it looks like there are some older expenses that we'd need more backup for. I hand him Serena's list of original documentation still needed. He rolls his eyes and hands it back. He's starting to lose patience. Those are expenses from the NIH conference in San Francisco. The foundation sent me. I was the keynote speaker. I feel myself turn red again. Sorry, uh, some of these look like restaurants. Do you have receipts? 
we have to show that the meal expenses are reasonable and we're not supposed to pay for alcohol. And now he is done. Oh, hell's bells, Harold. Not you too. Here. He opens his top right drawer and shows me a large pile of crumpled receipts. I'm an open book. Take whatever you need. Here, I'll even help you. He scoops out the receipts and shoves them into a mustard-colored inter-office envelope. Then he hands me a bulging envelope. I am dreading the chore of sorting through his receipts, but I don't say this to David. Instead, I say, um, thanks. I think that's everything. Sure thing, Harold. Keep fighting the good fight. He turns back to his computer and resumes typing. My next stop is Mr. Thompson. I arrive at Mr. Thompson's office at 11.53. He sits behind his desk, expecting me. Come in, please, Harold. Close the door. I take the chair closest to the door. He forms a tent with his fingers and regards me with a blank expression. I shift in my chair and clear my throat. So, I am catching up on the bank reconciliations, and I saw that Serena had some outstanding questions about your expenses. Yes, I'm aware. May I see them, please? I hand him Serena's list of original documentation still needed and point to his expenses from March. It's these three items here, totaling $393.12. He hands me back the list in size. Then he speaks in a low, controlled voice. I went to Johns Hopkins for three days in March to recruit students for our fellowship program. The first charge is for the round-trip train ticket. As you can see, it is clearly labeled Amtrak. I shift in my seat again. Well, yes, but do you have a copy of the ticket that says Baltimore? I do not. Was it a recruitment fair? If you have a flyer from the fair, I can use that as backup. His eyelids flutter with annoyance. I did not keep a flyer, but Jean approved the expense through email. You should find that in Serena's files. He stares dispassionately across the desk, and I shift my gaze to the floor. Uh, okay, and what was the Uber charge for? I took the Uber from the train station to the Hopkins campus. Serena objected to this. She thought I should have used a more modest means of transport, such as a regular cab or city bus. I feel myself turn red. Well, actually, a transportation policy says... I know what the policy says. But there was a long line at the cab dispatch, and the Uber driver was only two minutes away. I chose the Uber and arrived on time to the recruitment fair. I decide to move on. And the third charge for 132.12, was this a restaurant? Yes. My sister lives in Baltimore, and I chose to stay with her instead of paying for a hotel. This saved money for the foundation. I took her to dinner as a thank you. The foundation's per diem cap is $60 for meals. I clear my throat and stare at the floor. Uh, but your sister is not a foundation employee, and a restaurant was still cheaper than two nights at a hotel. Overall, I saved the foundation money. 
this is not how our policy works, but I decide not to argue. I will leave that on her for bore. So, uh, I guess that's everything, then. Mr. Thompson nods and gives a slight smile. Thank you, Harold. Please close the door behind you. I return to my desk at 12.23. Vaughn's door is closed, but I decide to knock. Uh, come in? I open the door and stand in the doorway. I finish talking to David Bukowski and Mr. Thompson about the debit card expenses. Okay. There's a problem with Mr. Thompson's. Okay. The expenses were from his trip to Baltimore. He was there for a recruitment fair. Okay. But he doesn't have the original receipts from the trip. And he took his sister to dinner and charged it to the foundation. But he also stayed with his sister instead of staying at a hotel. So he says that overall he saved the foundation money. Uh, okay. I am tired of hearing him saying, okay. I wait for him to say more, but he doesn't, and I hear myself snort. <laughs> it's actually not okay, according to our travel policy anyway. What does that policy say? There is a per diem cap of $60 for meals for foundation employees only, and we require original receipts. And how much was the meal? $132. I cough and shift my weight from one foot to the other. Was that the only meal you charged? Yes. Forward it to Jean in an email. Ask her if she wants to approve. If she does, we'll use her email as backup. I trace his comb over with my eyes. Serena would never have allowed this. Is there anything else, Harold? Yes. I need the password for Serena's share drive folders. I emailed you yesterday. Yes, I responded. Oh, okay. I close this door without asking and return to my seat. I am confused that he didn't react more to Mr. Thompson's expenses. I wonder if he is just lazy or afraid to confront the department head. I start to reach for my hostility log, but instead I take out my smartphone and text Helga. Boar is a useless sack. I laugh out loud at my cleverness and wait for her to respond. She does instantly with, Sack of what? I type, Cold oatmeal. She texts back, R-O-F-L-L-L, exclamation, 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 and adds an image of the Quaker Oats man. I laugh again and turn back to my computer. I check my email and find two messages from Bohr. The first is titled, Re-Status of Audit Documents. This was originally an email from Gene to Bohr. Hello, Boris. Please advise when the closed schedules will be ready for the auditors. Best, Gene. Bohr forwarded this to me, copying Gene, and typed, Harold, please advise. Useless jerk. I ignore it for now and move on to the second email. This is a response to my email, need password for Serena's network folder. He again copied Gene and attached an Excel document that contains over 20 passwords. Typical Serena, she had a different password for every folder. I 
print out the Excel list, and go back to Serena's employee debit cards folder on the drive. I type in the first password and find subfolders for each employee, as well as a folder labeled Detailed Ledger. This must be the screenshots from our accounting system that correspond with the bank statements. I sigh loudly at the chore before me and decide to start with David Bukowski. I refer back to the Excel list and find the password for David's folder. Pompous King 1. I laugh despite myself. Did Serena make a joke? Inside the folder are more subfolders organized by month. I click on September, and sure enough, there is a saved email called Re-Cash Withdrawals? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I began reading the chain from the bottom up. October 18th, from Serena Morelli to David Bukowski. David, there are three cash withdrawals of $100 each from your debit card dated September 30th. What is the nature of these withdrawals? Please provide all supporting documentations ASAP. October 19th, from Serena Morelli to David Bukowski. David, following up on the below. October 20th, from Serena Morelli to David Bukowski. See Jean Pollard. David, again, please respond to the below so we can close the month. October 25th, from David Bukowski to Serena Moretti, see Jean Pollard. Dearest Serena, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? By now it should be no surprise to you that the cash withdrawals represent payments to participants of our Hep C study. I have explained many times now that we pay participants $20 cash for each completed survey. Attached, please find the name and dated signature of each person who received payment. I trust you will find everything in order. Best, David. I feel myself grin. I print out David's attachment of the signatures and confirm that it totals 15 names. Thankfully, it does. This should be enough to close out his outstanding items from September. I move on to his older expenses next. I click on the February folder and find a saved email called Re-NIH Conference Expenses. March 16th, from Serena Morelli to David Bukowski. David, I see a number of debit card charges from you on the February bank statement. Please provide original receipts, justification, and written approval for each of these transactions. I have also attached a travel expense policy. Please note that we will expect full reimbursement from you for any expense that does not comply with this policy. March 16th, from David Bukowski to Serena Morelli, see Jean Pollard. My dearest madam, the NIH conference was a resounding success. Thank you for inquiring. Regrettably, I may not have saved the original receipts from my trip. However, I am providing the following support, which I hope you will accept. Here is a link to a video of my keynote address posted on the NIH website. I have also attached a timestamp photo of myself on the San Francisco trolley. 
It should no doubt please you that I use the modest means of transportation consistent with the Foundation's policy. I snicker and think back to the crumpled receipts from this drawer. It is Friday afternoon. I decide that Monday I will do my due diligence and see if any of the receipts match the charges on the bank statements. I move on to Mr. Thompson. I check the Excel list again and find the passwords for his folder. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-3. Much less interesting than a password for David. I find the March subfolder inside and open a saved email called Re-Baltimore Trip. April 19th, from Serena Morelli to Raymond Thompson. Mr. Thompson, unfortunately I am forced to disallow your Uber expense from March 22nd and a portion of the meal expense from March 24th. I am attaching our travel expense policy for your reference, which clearly states the guidelines for allowable costs. I am happy to discuss if you have questions. Thank you, Serena. April 19th, from Raymond Thompson to Serena Morelli. Copy, Jean Pollitt. Dear Serena, thank you for your inquiry. I am attaching written approval from Jean, which is all you need to process these expenses. Best Mr. Thompson. The attached written approval is an email from Jean that says, all expenses from your Baltimore trip are approved. This apparently wasn't good enough for Serena. I forward the exchange to Bohr and ask if it will suffice. Next, I click on the folder labeled Detailed Ledger. I look up the password and type P-H-E-L-P-S-5. I expect to find PDF reports from our accounting system, but instead I find an Excel file that is also password protected. I sigh loudly, refer back to the password list, and type P-H-E-L-P-S-6. Then my heart beats faster when I recognize the column headers. Column A, date. Column B, what made me angry? Column C, why I was angry. Column D, my response. Column E, was this controlled? My heart races as I scroll through the spreadsheet. Serena kept the hostility log too. I count 321 entries spanning seven months. The last entry is dated October 26th and is labeled Harold's to-do list. I feel myself start to laugh. I filter by the what made me angry column and count over 70 entries that contain my name. Now I am giggling uncontrollably. I print two copies of the spreadsheet and place both copies safely in my plastic bag briefcase. Then I find my smartphone and text Helga. Free Saturday? She responds, sure, and adds a smiling cat emoticon. I wipe my eyes, still laughing. I can't wait to show this to Helga.